Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody? Can you tell how excited we are? There's golf being played this week. Actual, like, real live PGA Tour golf. Full field, great field at the Charles Schwab Challenge. We'll break it all down from a betting perspective here on the Action Network podcast. I'm Jason Sobel. He's Peter Jennings. Joining us very shortly will be Ryan Palmer, a member at Colonial Country Club. This week's host venue should have some good insight for us. But first, Peter, how pumped are you for this week? And give me one little taste right off the top. Uh, maybe not your pick to win. We'll get into everything. But someone you're, you're kind of looking at coming off this three-month uh, suspension in the schedule. Oh, I'm so excited, Jason. Uh, we have a millionaire maker on DraftKings. DFS contests are flying. I can now legally bet here in Colorado, uh, which is very exciting. So taking advantage of that. And the guy that I have the most action on so far and someone I'm going to load up on DFS, no surprise, Colin Morikawa. I think it's a good course for him. Uh, before the layoff, he was one of the most consistent guys out there, and I want every piece of Morikawa in all formats. I like that a lot. I think consistency is very important this week. You want a guy who's not going to get down too low and you know just not be playing good golf off the break. So I, I think Morikawa is a good one. I, I'm going here with, uh, not by pick to win, just kind of a little taste of something like we said off the top. Bryson DeChambeau had three consecutive top fives in his last three starts before Play was suspended of the schedule. So I, I like Bryson a lot. And I'm going to throw in the fact that he works. I mean, I know everyone likes to poke fun at Bryson. He plays slowly and it's too scientific. And he bulked up, whatever else. I will say that Bryson works as hard, if not harder, than anybody else on the PGA Tour. So I expect him to be as prepared, if not more prepared, than anybody in this field this week. Now, Peter, let's get into this field just a little bit. We got the top five in the world at Colonial, which is awesome. I mean, I think for a viewing experience, if you have got Thursday to Sunday with nothing to do this week and you're still quarantined, you're still taking it a little bit easy and not being too public, if you want to just sit on the couch, get a little groove in those cushions, this is going to be awesome. If you want to bet on it, if you want to wager, you want to do a little fantasy, I don't think it's going to be that easy, Peter. I'll give you a combination. Okay, first of all, we're coming off a three-month break. Nobody is informed. I mean, there's just you can't look at anything that was going on three months ago and say, okay, this guy's going to play well. Secondly... As I mentioned, field, really good field this week. But a lot of these guys haven't played this tournament before, so not sure what to expect. And thirdly, Colonial, a somewhat short course, it brings more guys into the fold. So uh, we've seen shorter hitters. Here's Zach Johnson's, your David Toms, your, your Kevin Na last year, who are able to win this tournament. But Brooks Kepka and Tony Finau have been runner-ups uh, the last two years. So uh, you can be a big hitter, still kind of, kind of dial it back off the tee a little bit and, and have success here, which brings more guys into the fold, as I said. So um, for three different reasons, Peter, I think there's a really, really tough tournament to handicap. Completely agree. I think there's more variance. And because of the layoff, we don't really know what to expect. And current form is obviously a, a big part of how you model golf and how you try to project who's going to do well. So we don't have that. Like you mentioned, we have a loaded field, which we normally wouldn't have, but you know, players are itching to come back and with the condensed schedule, you know, you got Rory, Ron, JT. I mean, it's an absolutely star-studded field, like you mentioned. And I do think the course fit would bring in the more accurate type of golfer. 
So a lot of these bombers that would have a big advantage, you know, are, are going to be hitting different clubs. And I think it's a really big challenge. So to me, the biggest opportunity is going to be contrarian bets uh, and potentially finding, you know, guys who are under-owned on DraftKings. And, you know, I think that that you can confidently make bets on, on some lower tier players that you find research on for, you know, top 10s, top 20s. I would be looking to bet dogs more than, you know, just the big favorites here. I like that strategy. I'm just not sure how we can differentiate one dog from the other. Uh, you know, it's just so tough for me to say, okay, uh, this 150 to one long shot is a better play than that 150 to one long shot. Let's uh, we'll get to some of those guys who uh, we're going to look at, but I want to start with right off the top. Uh, you know, I mentioned the top five in the world and got some other really good players. Rory McIlroy, eight and a half to one this week. Uh, obviously the tournament favorite anywhere he plays, but he's never played this event before. So we don't know exactly kind of, how he's going to fit in. I think he was probably playing a little less golf than some other players over the past uh, couple of months. So we'll see what kind of form he's in. John Rahm, 11 to one, Justin Thomas, 16 to one, Webb Simpson, mm, 22 to one, uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka, 25 to one, Xander Shoffley, 28 to one, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, 30 to one, and just a little bit more Ricky Fowler, Scotty Scheffler, mm, Sung JM, 35 to one. Give me a name or two that sticks out to you, Peter, as a guy that you really like. I mentioned Bryson earlier. I, I am kind of confident. I'm not really confident. I'm not really confident in anything yet. I think we got to talk this thing through, but uh, John Rahm's played well. Webb Simpson is uh, incredibly consistent, and I think that should benefit him just like it does for a Colin Morikawa. Uh, give me a name or two you like on this list. Well, I mentioned Morikawa at the top. I think in all formats, even an outright, I don't mind that. A uh, really good course for him, I think, and just his game should be set up well at this course. And with the layoff, uh, his consistency, I think, will be helpful. Uh, at the top, I mean, I always love Rory and Rom. I think they're priced appropriate. Uh, I heard John Rom's playing well, but I don't know how much that means. All these guys, I'm sure, if you go play with them, would look amazing. Um, JT, I actually like quite a bit. I, I think his biggest strength is when, you know, there's more emphasis on the approach in the second shot. And I think JT is probably the best in the world uh, in terms of irons right now. And of the top three, normally I'm heavy Rory Rahm. I actually like JT a bit this week. Scrolling down past that, then we start getting into a lot of the names I think will will potentially have value, uh, you know, on DraftKings and potentially in betting. I'm curious to see how how Ryan Palmer's ownership is with the the Colonial membership. I remember playing him a couple times. Uh, I like Abraham Answer a decent bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Billy Horschel sets up incredibly well at this course. He's another guy that I've been firing on a little bit. So those are some names I'm looking at. And I, I think the big thing that I really want to take advantage of is just getting some of these guys that don't have the name value and just hope that there's a little more variance and they pop up towards the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. Sort of this mid-tier of guys who are 45, 50 to 1 and longer. I think there's a lot of value. Jordan Spieth is a guy... I know, I know. Everyone's jumping off Jordan Spieth. He plays well once every three events that he plays, but this could be that third event. Uh, has a really nice history of Colonial. He's never missed the cut. Six of his seven finishes have been 14th or better. Just saying, 46 to one right now. Justin Rose at 50 to one. I know he wasn't playing great, but he's Justin Rose. Jason Day, 66 to one. I mean, these are big numbers for some big names. I do like Ben On at 70 to one. I think putting will be. Uh, offset a little bit based on uh, this being a ball strikers course. Ryan Palmer, you mentioned he's going to join us in just a minute here. Abraham answer. I'm with you on that. Joel Damon is 11th, I believe on the PGA tour and strokes gained T to green. You look at the top 10 and they're all basically household names. So I think 
Joel Damon is a guy that uh, I'm looking at a little bit that I like. And then my guy that I'm picking to win. I mean, I'm going to get right off my chest right now. The guy I'm picking to win right now at 90 to one, Kevin Kisner. I've got a couple of reasons. First of all, he really likes this golf course. Three top tens, including a victory three years ago in 2017. And then, uh, Peter, I just get the sense if you lined up all these players like thoroughbreds in the starting gate, Kisner's the one that's trying to buck his jockey off. He's the one stomping his hoof into the ground. He's the one uh, that wants to get raring out of the gates that can't wait to go play PGA Tour golf again. So I I am all over Kevin Kisner this week. I think he's a a very smart pick. Yeah, it's a great course for for Kisner. I think there's certain courses where, you know, he's not going to have as much upside. And I think this is one where he has a ton of upside. I mean, he can go out and win any tournament, but I think, you know, this type of course suits him well. And one guy I meant to mention that this is a strictly subjective take. I heard he's playing amazing from a variety of people and that's Max Homa. uh, who has been a lot of fun during quarantine. You can send your swing to him and get roasted on Twitter, but I heard his uh, golf games in the best place it's ever been. And uh, he was playing well, uh, you know, before the, uh, the layoff. So I think Max Homa is another interesting one. He's kind of in that same Kevin Kisner range. Uh, and Billy Horschel, I, I think there's a lot of value potentially in this range. So you mentioned a little a few minutes ago the dogs and the potential for dogs to play well this week, especially getting them into some fancy lineups. I mean, I'm looking at uh, this group at 150 to one includes Ches Reevy, who was going through a little equipment change earlier in the year, but I, three months off will will fix your equipment. Back to Taylor made too. I mean, Ches Real Reevy should be you know a nice play at 150. Cameron Smith. The winner at the Sony Open, if we're looking for a corollary course to Colonial, Sony might be a good one, and he is 150 to 1. Uh, Rafa Carrera Bayo, 175 to 1. Emiliano Grillo, 175 to 1. Charles Howell, 175 to 1. I mean, not, not that all these guys you're going to pick necessarily to win, but these are some big numbers for some uh, pretty big talents out there. Wh- which of these guys are you looking at as far as the lower tier of players for both uh, betting and fantasy? Okay, this is my favorite. This I know that mid-tier we talked about that you're excited about. This is where I think there's by far the most value, where you want to take shots in DFS. And in betting, I normally it's very tough to find huge inefficiencies and outrights. I think there's more value top fives, top tens, and in matchups. I think if you're betting on variance, some of these guys could have a lot of value. Bud Colley is someone who stands out to me in a big way. I think this is a good course for him. Uh, Adam Hadwin is probably at the top of this range, but I think he's a pretty solid play. Ryan Moore, uh, an accurate guy who doesn't have distance. This course should set up well for him. He's way down the list. I think that makes a lot of sense. I heard Corey Connors is playing amazing golf. Uh, I heard there's a bunch of pro players down in Florida playing together. Corey Connors is one of the guys I heard was dominating against other pros. He's uh, really long odds. I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ches Reeby, you mentioned in theory, I think this is a really good course. Rio, uh, agree with you there. Basically all these long shot kind of accuracy guys, I think could benefit a lot, uh, in this format. So, uh, I'm really looking heavily at them. And then one long shot and I'm curious your opinion. I haven't rostered this guy in forever. Uh, he was trending years ago, won the masters. He's got really long odds and was starting to short form again. Danny Willett. Uh, he's popping for me in a couple areas. What, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, don't hate it at all. Um, interesting that he's here. I, I'm guessing, and I have not seen news on Danny Willett, but I'm guessing the fact that he is here in the U.S. and playing in this event probably means he never left after the Players' Championship, which means that he's probably done nothing but play and practice and, and getting his game 
in shape for this. So uh, I don't hate that. There's a couple other big names uh, with numbers. Uh, they're just way too high. Jonathan Vegas was playing some good golf, 250 to one. Really like that. And Tyler Duncan is a guy who it, it wasn't an official event or anything like this, but Fred Funk was putting together some big money games at TBC Sawgrass over the last handful of weeks. I know uh, one day Duncan ran in a long putt on the final hole to beat a field that include guys like Billy Horschel and uh, Russell Knox. Uh, there were some big-time players in there. And Tyler Duncan is a guy who uh, he's either hit or miss, but this could be a good course for him. There's some correlation to Sea Island where he won last year as well. So uh, a lot of really good value on the board. We're going to get to more of that in just a little bit. Now I want to introduce Ryan Palmer, not only a multiple-time PGA Tour champion, but a member at Colonial Country Club. And he's got some great thoughts on what this tournament means to the area, what it means to get back, what it means to be sleeping in his own bed this week. Ryan, welcome. Thanks for joining us. I guess right off the bat, I you know, three months off, and all of a sudden you get to sleep in your own bed. It, it feels like, you know, uh, nothing's ever changed, except you get to play in a PGA Tour event this week, and you get to play in a PGA Tour event at home, your home course, Colonial. Uh, how cool is it for you to, to be back? Is there any trepidation at all? And uh, how do you feel going into this week? Thanks for having me on, guys. No, it is exciting. Uh, the return to golf is, you know, it's been, like I said, three months, just kind of uh, many off se- I mean, off-season pretty much, kind of the same feeling I've had in December every year, but uh, in the middle of the summer pretty much. But, no, it's uh, I'm excited to get going for sure, um, to get back to see the guys, get on the golf course, get that competitive edge going. But, you know, it's even better to be able to do it at home at Colonial Country Club where I, I play every week when I'm home. So, uh it's a good feeling knowing I can stay home in an extra week. You know, game's ready. I've, I've uh, put a lot of good work in the last two weeks. I'm excited. It's going to be a great week for the PGA Tour and uh, for all our golf fans. I think uh, I speak for Peter when I say we are as excited as you are and, uh, and all the fans out there who can't wait to uh, get back to watching you guys play. Uh, tell us uh, how, how much have you played Colonial the last couple of weeks and, uh, and what's the course like? What should we expect when we uh, turn on TV Thursday? Like I said, last few weeks, uh, just kind of watching it, watching it grow and uh, it's – one of the it's probably in the best conditions I've, I've seen in a long time for sure. Uh, the roughs up. We haven't had much rain, so I'm expecting some firmer fairways, greens with a with a little more balance. I'm I'm hoping just because you know it makes it that much tougher. But just with that extra rough, that Bermuda rough. I mean, you know how it plays. I think you're going to see some you know guys coming back early, coming back from this layoff, uh, not knowing where their games are at. You could see a little bit of carnage because guys are trying to figure where their games are at. And then you put them on a, a golf course like Colonial. You know, fairways are hard to hit. It's going to be uh, interesting to see where, where a lot of guys' games are at. But uh, I love Ramon's that. I've been playing it, like I said, last I played three times there this past week. So, uh, And I've seen the golf course, through, you know, every which way the wind blows. And then now with, there's no stands, so I've been playing it all along this whole time. So uh, guys will see a different golf course, no stands, no fans. So um, uh, I'm excited to see how guys take it. I'm excited to see the guys that never played it, what they think about it. I think they're in for a treat. You mentioned you're, you're curious to see where players' games are at. Is there a type of player that you would expect to, to play better, and is there a type of player that might struggle? Obviously, it's more of an accuracy course compared to some of the other venues on the PGA Tour. But what type of guys do you think are going to play better off a layoff, and, and what type of guys might play worse? Oh, I think you still see that you're saying the, the guys that have been, you know, your top ten players in the world, you're going to see a lot of guys still playing good. They've been working on it. They know what their games are like. They'll get used to the golf course, but – you know, there'll be guys that have uh, – you'll see a lot of guys that have played well Colonial should, I think, will come out come in and play well just because it's definitely a type of golf course. You kind of got to know a few things about it, I think. Uh, 
you know, for me, it's I hit driver more than anybody will all, all week. Uh, and I know certain holes play shorter than they normally do. I know certain spots to hit it where, you know, where the pins are at on certain greens, you can kind of miss it in this side if, if you miss the fairway. So uh, that's going to be the key for a lot of guys is knowing how to play this Bermuda rough. So uh, it's hard to say, you know, pin point one guy. And everybody's picking Roy to win. I mean, why wouldn't you? Number one in the world. Five, I mean, top five of the last six starts. So, yeah, you got to look at him for sure. So uh, it's hard to say who's, who's going to be in form and who's not. Ryan, there's one guy I'm looking at specifically, a guy whose game you know pretty well. Uh, finished T6 at this event last year. Knows the course. Guy by the name of Ryan Palmer. Uh, <laughs> how do you handicap this guy? And uh, give us a little sell job before, like, hey, we want to put a couple bucks on maybe an outright, maybe to, to win this one, which I know you've wanted to win for so long. Uh, maybe should we put you in our fantasy lineups? I mean, give, give us a little sell job here on, uh, on why we should be on RP this week. Uh, shot 64 Friday with the bogey on the last. There's a good sell. Uh, I like that. I just, yeah, I mean, I, I would bet on myself in a heartbeat. Just, I love what I'm doing right now. I, I feel like my game's in good, in, in good form. And like I said, going to a golf course that I want to win dearly. But I think it's going to be different pressure for me because, you know, I haven't been dealing with the friends come in town, the ticket requests, the 200 tickets I put out every year, worrying about who I'm going to see on the golf course, saying hi to everybody, making sure I'm – because I've always been the guy that if people want to see me, I always want to make that effort to say hi, shake their hand, whatever. Now there's – I don't have any of that to worry about. So it's almost like I'm just going to show up there like I would if it was last week playing in the big game. And uh, I think – and I'm seeing the golf course like I see every week when, when James and I are at home playing for fun. So – I think that's an added bonus for me. Uh, less pressure of worrying about everybody being out there, friends, family, and uh, my game's ready to win this this tournament, I think. I love to hear that, and you actually just really – that was a really helpful comment because when we're looking at this, I think there's always the tendency people want to take, you know, the guys who are members at courses. And if you look at it, actually, the, the PGA Tour players have actually played a little worse uh, at their, their home courses, and I think you hit the nail on the head. There's just so much responsibility that you, you alluded to, and – uh, it's going to be different this time around with no fans. So that was really helpful. And you transitioned with James. I mean, if he was in the field, uh, I certainly would, would want to take him. Uh, I want to hear the, the story with the, the Spieth bet. And, um, I mean, at Zurich, you, you've basically only been playing with, with top five players in the world. So tell <laughs> the, the, the story there. And uh, if James was in the field, uh, it would be fun, fun to pick him too. Yeah, no, the whole James meeting Jordan was, uh, you know, three years ago thinking about playing Zurich and we were playing Trinity Forest and James kind of threw it at Jordan. Hey, if I beat you today, you're playing Zurich with Palmer. And so lo and behold, hey, James shot 70 that day, beat him by shot. And, um, you know, like I said, Jordan and I played those few years. And then, you know, when Jordan decided not to play last year, it was like, okay, I want to find a great partner. And uh, I, I've gotten to know John Rahm real well, knew, knew Adam Hayes real well. So I thought, why not? John's partner wasn't playing. So shot him a text. Uh, he jumped at it. And then here we are, the – defending champions come next year so uh that's uh kind of how that all started and james playing colonial um you have to ask him he, he'd probably play okay i think he's we play a lot together and he's quick to tell you there's reasons why i don't play golf he's won the club championship there right he's won it three or four times for sure so uh i think james would surprise the people for sure well ryan uh we're hoping uh you can surprise people. It might not be much of a surprise you might have let the cat out of the bag there the the number's going to go down pretty quickly after uh, you tell us you shot 64 the other day. So uh, good luck this week. Stay safe. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, 
enjoy sleeping in your own bed again this week and uh and finally getting back to some golf yeah no i appreciate it it's, it's exciting I'm, I'm i'm pumped for the return just excited to get playing golf you know everybody at home get some live golf uh, the Amer- america needs it the golf world needs it our fans need it uh you know we need it as well so uh i think everybody's in for a, a great show this week and, and weeks weeks to come for as excited as you guys are out on tour we are as excited to watch you guys back out there so thanks again enjoy it this week you got it guys thanks a lot thanks so much to ryan for joining us and uh peter i was kind of on ryan palmer before that uh, i liked him this week now i'm really on ryan palmer 64 last week with a bogey on the last like he said uh t6 last year at this event and i love the fact he made a great point and, and you followed it up too that not having to deal with, you know, giving people tickets and, hey, I'll meet you here and I'm going to come follow you and I'm yelling for you. And this and that. I just think it's going to be a lot easier to deal with a hometown event for a guy like Ryan Palmer this week. Yeah, I think that was a huge point. I'm so happy you said that because it's something we've always looked at. And it's hard to find the full data set on, on you know, how the guys play, but I've looked into it in the past. And uh, in general, they actually don't play as well. And you'd think given that they're members at these courses that they've seen it so much, there'd be an advantage, but, uh, and I'm sure it is to a degree, but that extra element of just having to focus on being a great host uh, certainly detracts from just focusing on golf. So that's great for Ryan this week and uh, what a great guy. And I'm excited to, to root for him this week. And that's a good point as well, Peter, that, these guys are used to seeing the golf course in its sort of natural state. And then all of a sudden you put bleachers and corporate tents and you have fans everywhere. And it just doesn't feel like the same place. This is going to feel very much like the same golf course that Ryan Palmer plays on a pretty regular basis. So um, I'm starting to like them and uh, let's dovetail that right into our usual picking a DraftKings lineup that we do in every edition of here on the Action Network podcast. And I'm taking the first pick in the DraftKings lineup, and I'm going to take a guy named Ryan Palmer. I just – he sold me right there. I asked him to sell me on why we should take him this week, and he did a great sell job, and I'm ready to buy a car from Ryan Palmer because uh, uh, the man's a salesman. So, as we always say on the pod, if we have a guest on, you can't not put the guest in the lineup that week. We'd feel so bad if Ryan Palmer goes out and wins, and we didn't have him after literally sitting here talking to him, hearing about how well he's playing. So – Ryan Palmer, 7,400. You like it? I love it. Hopefully this is a million-dollar winning lineup. Uh, we'll maybe leave a little bit of money on the table. I do think that's one of the best things that you can do. On DraftKings, if you're playing these top-heavy tournaments, a uh, third of the money is going to first place for that million bucks in the Millionaire Maker. So uh, a way to make sure you don't have a duplicated lineup is to leave money on the table. Might not be the best idea to throw in the exact lineup that we have, but you can you can tinker with something here. I love the Palmer pick. I'm going to go with Morikawa. I mentioned him off the top. I think he's a slam dunk. We'll probably be more chalky, so we'll need to find some contrarian plays, but I think he's just incredible value and a guy I want a lot of exposure to in all formats. Yeah, we talked about with Morikawa, the consistency that's been there since he turned pro last summer, and the guy really just doesn't take a week off. And I I like the fact that we're kind of focused on a player like that who we kind of know what we're going to get on a regular basis. And so I'm going to follow that with – I'm going to spend some money here, so you tell me if you like it. But another guy who's just as consistent as they come, he's number five as far as pricing is concerned on DraftKings this week, but – I just don't see a scenario in which Webb Simpson doesn't show up, doesn't play well this week. Yeah, it's a great course for Webb, so I, I have no problem with that. 9800 and uh, we can certainly save some money uh, elsewhere. Uh, and, I, and I'll save some money for us right now. I think uh, this is one of the weeks where 
in general, I try to ignore the noise on some of the qualitative and subjective angles, but uh, given that we've had this huge layoff and, you know, we don't have current form to judge, I'll just, uh, I'll go with Corey Connors. I heard he's been tearing it up with other PGA Tour players. He's 7,100. I don't think he'll be heavily owned. And uh, I like getting a little bit of leverage versus the field with a, a guy that I think has some real upside here. Don't dislike it at all. He's won in Texas before. Granted, that was San Antonio last year, but um, a, a very, very good ball striker. And again, I mentioned that with Ben on earlier. There are a few guys out there. You uh, sort of minimize the damage that can be done with a putter on smaller greens. And I think that exposure gets limited. And I think those guys are, are good players, uh, good picks for this week. And Corey Connor certainly fits the bill. We've got 16,600 left, two positions to be filled. I told you the guy that I like to win this week, and uh, he's sitting there at 7,600, and I can't go without picking my guy this week, Kevin Kisner. I think, like I said, he's going to come out of the shoot raring to go, and I think Kisner is a nice play at 7,600 this week. All right. I like the Kisner call. And now I'm in a weird spot because there's a couple guys that I definitely don't want to take, and I want to make some money on the table here. We have 9,000 left. At some point, we're going to see positive regression from Justin Rose, but I'll wait before I see it. Plus, I don't want to spend all the money. Uh, Leishman, Woodland, Finau. I think there's some better courses potentially, although Finau has had some history here. Second so, you talk me into Finau. I, I'm looking at Kuchard. I think this is a good course for him. And then Scotty Scheffler. I think there's a lot of variance with Scheffler, but certainly could play well. And then the last one I'll throw out there is Fitzpatrick. So, out of Finau, Scheffler, and Fitzpatrick, who do you like the most? Boy, I tell you what, Scotty Scheffler's number for a guy who, and I've been on Scheffler since he turned professional. I mean, I'm a huge Scotty Scheffler guy. I think he's a really good player. For a guy who hasn't done too much damage yet on the PGA Tour, still hasn't won, and, you know, obviously still young and still getting there. But boy, his numbers for betting purposes, for fantasy purposes, DFS purposes, his number, I mean, he is being treated as a elite or near elite player this week. And, uh, you know, it's tough to say whether that should dissuade you from him or actually, you know, make you want to pick him more. Maybe, you know, people overlook Scotty Scheffler this week because he's too expensive. I mean, he's more than Jason Day and Matthew Fitzpatrick and Louis Ustazen and Spieth and Sergio and Hovland and Berger. I mean, that, that is some rarefied air for a guy like Scotty Scheffler. I almost think that makes him a contrarian play just because people are going to look at that and say, you know what? I can spend 8400 on Scheffler or I go down to Sergio and spend 8000 I can go down to Hovland and spend 7900 I can take the defending champ, Kevin Na, at 7600 So I like Kuchar. I think there's some good value on Kuchar. But I, I almost want Scheffler in, in thinking that he could be a, just a little bit contrarian because he's too overvalued. Does that make sense, Peter? Yeah, I, and I love Scheffler. I mean, he's a birdie-making machine. He does score really well in drafting. So I think that's a really solid lineup. And leaving 600 is a, a great way to be contrarian, uh, you know, in these millionaire maker tournaments. And like I mentioned off the top, I think you want to be making lineups, thinking about uh, a higher level of variance. And uh, there's definitely going to be some advantages to taking some of these longer shots. So I like Scheffler uh, a lot. And, uh, you know, I think we have a good lineup here. Yeah. So there's the six man lineup to review. Corey Connors, Kevin Kisner, Colin Morikawa, Ryan Palmer, Scotty Scheffler, Webb Simpson, leaving $600 on the table, which, as Peter always says, is a very smart play. One last comment on that. In the majors, it's about 50% of the lineups that spend all of the salary uh, on DraftKings. So 
that's just another data point to show that just even leaving $100 on the table will make you much more likely to be unique. And if you go below 49,700, so if you spend 49,600 or less, only 3% of the lineups uh, historically have done that. So that's a great way to, to make sure you have a unique lineup. And as we keep saying this week, first of all, it's such a tough tournament to handicap. Secondly, really, really, I mean, we say it every week, but really anything can happen this week. So I, I think you can certainly leave a handful of money on the table. Is there one other, before we go, one other prop bet that you like this week that you're looking at right now saying, man, that, that looks juicy, whether it's a matchup, whether it's a prop, uh, what else are you looking at saying, you know what, I got to get in on that early before it changes? I'm going to go with Corey Connors again. Um, I'm talking him up. Connors and Morikawa are the two guys. I mean, I think there's value on Connors basically, you know, you could take him as the top rest of the world player. You could take him as a Canadian. You could take him as a top five, top 10, top 20, top 40. I think there's a lot of value on Corey Connors. I heard he's playing great. So that's, I'm going to go with that. And I actually think it's a pretty good course for him regardless. So a lot of things uh, pointing in his direction. Like that a lot. I, I saw one, and, you know, sometimes they break these things down by groups. Sometimes they break them down by other things. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has players broken down by the college they went to. Matt Kuchar, minus 137 for low Georgia Tech yellow jacket. Would you say, okay, well, you know, he's a big favorite there. He's got to beat some other guys. He has to beat Andy Ogletree, who's the reigning U.S. amateur champion, who hasn't played in a lot of PGA Tour events, if any, really. So far, he's got to beat Chesson Hadley, who's okay. He's a decent player. And he's got to beat Richie Wierenski, who, again, you know, doesn't excite me a whole lot. Minus 137 for Matt Kuchar to beat those other three guys who, who don't seem like they would put together a whole lot of competition. Feels like a really, really strong play for me. So, again, that feels like a really good number on Matt Kuchar to be low Georgia Techian this week. I like it. And DraftKings has a ton of offerings, uh, as do the other sports books. You know, one nice thing as a, you know, better on golf, uh, sometimes there's limited markets. Sometimes you don't have that many options. With the lack of other sporting events, mm-hmm. you can bet on literally anything for this week, which is freaking awesome. So I love that. And uh, good luck to everyone out there listening. Hopefully someone, one of our listeners wins a million bucks on DraftKings and hopefully uh, the bets go really well. Yeah, good luck to everybody out there. This really feels like uh, the start of something special. And I was not kidding, speaking with Ryan Palmer, I know – the players are excited to get back out there, but us as fans, us as betters, uh, we are just excited, if not more so, than all of those guys who get back to work this week. So good luck to everybody. Thank you to Ryan Palmer for joining us. For Peter Jennings, I'm Jason Sober reminding you to hit the green this week. We're finished talking. <laughs> 